The We're LCC podcast is a monthly show that comes out on the 9th of every month. But if you hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app, you'll never need to remember that because the show will automatically be there. So go ahead and hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app now. We are LCC, a podcast emanating from the halls of Lower Canada College on Royal Avenue in Montreal. Here's alumni officer Christine Jones. Welcome to the We Are LCC podcast. I'm Christine Jones, your host, alum, parent, and the school's alumni officer. Today, we have the pleasure of having Trevor Williams, LCC parent of Riley from the class of 26 and founder of the Trevor Williams Kids Foundation, an organization that empowers Montreal's youth to become socially conscious members of their community through sports, education, and mentoring. We're so grateful to have him with us today. Thank you for being here, Trevor. Thank you so much for joining us and um, participating in the We Are LCC podcast. We're very happy to have you. Well, thank you. Anything for LCC. I think it's a wonderful environment and a wonderful school. I'm just so happy to have my kid involved with it. Well, I'd love to start by asking you to tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself and your professional journey and how you came to create your foundation. I was born in the Caribbean. You know, on a small island in St. Vincent, my family and my parents, you know, brought us to Canada. We reside here in Lower Burgundy, Montreal. And um, I was strongly involved with the organization here in my community through basketball, baseball, hockey, and also, you know, the community center. So um, I think that's where I found my first love of community was through my, it was through the Lower Burgundy community. You've created the foundation and obviously made an incredible impact on the community. So can you tell us what the foundation sort of specifically does and what the main goals are of it? The foundation is my love. It's been 30 years since we had this foundation, 30 years. It started out with a, a basketball camp and we developed relationship with these kids within the basketball camp. And after the summer, we lose the relationship. Some of the kids got in trouble and, you know, they had to go away someplace. We had to think of a creative way to continue this relationship. So we developed programs that will last 12 months of the year, you know, like after school programs and stuff mm. like that. So then the main goal is, is it to, I don't want to say it for lack of a better way of saying it, keep kids out of trouble. Is it to give them new opportunities that they can focus on if they're struggling in other areas? All that. All that. You know, it's um, keep kids out of trouble, to um, empower them, to um, show them proper direction, provide good mentorship for them, mm-hmm. you know, just to build and develop a real productive individual within, within our society. And so what would you say are some of the most common challenges that youth face today? I mean, I'm sure it changes over time, but there's school pressure, there's drugs, there's social, social media. What would you say are the the most common challenges that you see? I think social media is the biggest challenge for our kids. Mm -hmm. It's a very false sense of reality. You know, all the kids keeping up to the Joneses, the Kardashians and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It's, you know, I've noticed it's providing some anxiety for these kids. 
They're not going out and they're not meeting and communicating with each other and develop this real sense of who they are. And I think social media is, you know, there's some positive stuff to it, but it's really damaged our kid in terms of communication and being sociable with each other. You know, there's always drugs and there's always other Mm -hmm. um, stuff to impact our kids negatively. But I think social media right now is um, the biggest, the biggest problems for our kids. And hopefully we can um, get through it, develop some programs so they can deal with it, you know, better. Right. No, it's true what you say there. Let's say, you know, drugs and pressures from school have always been there, but this is something so new. How do you adapt then to, I guess, the changing needs of the community and the way society moves so quickly now? But So how do you then obviously the needs of our youth end up, you know, changing? So how do you adapt to that with your programs? You, you have to have, to have an open mind. You know, you have to have an open mind. You have to um, sometimes make yourself the same age as these um, teenagers, you know, and, and listen mm-hmm. to what they're saying and develop programs that will benefit them. You know, right now we have this program, um, phone sexing, phone texting, mm-hmm. you know, to um, help these kids and these young ladies, especially to avoid becoming a victim of any kind of sexual crimes or stuff like that, you know, so it's easier for predators like that to get kids on the phone today and and, and seclude them in, in a conversation and yeah. stuff like that. So we develop programs to let them be more aware of these type of predators and stuff like that. And also like, you know, financial scams program, you know, we want to... Um, um, let them be aware and up to date on on the, the criminals and the criminal activities that might take our kids in a different direction. So we we study these type of program and put them in place so it can benefit them. So there's a huge education component to it, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know that a lot of the programs and, and the foundation has come out of sport. And so how do you use sport to bring these kids together? And what is it, I guess, in general about sport that you think sort of can help people? Sport. Wow. Sport teaches life, Hmm. you know, sport teaches life. So what we try to do, we take sport and we teach uh, the life component of it. I'm a basketball coach right now. And, you know, in practice, Within five minutes, I can tell each kid's personality, you know, who's aggressive, who's passive, who's talkative, who's great in communication. So, you know, sports is a great tool of teaching inclusion, perseverance, determination, you know, all these keywords that you need to succeed in life, mm. you know, we kind of use in a sport atmosphere to really teach life, to really teach these individuals, these teenagers, what they really need, you know, because they're actually, they're looking for guidance, you know, and we as experienced adults need to give back. We need to give back what we learn and pass on our experience to them. Well, you know, keep them in a a positive direction and hopefully that will impact their lives positively. 
Mm -hmm. I can imagine that the, you know, yourself as a coach and the people that you have in your organization, all of these kids are looking up to them. So almost as mentors and, you know, following them and these people are leading by example. So sport is such a great way to exhibit that those behaviors. 100%. I mean, like, um, the mentorship component is very, very strong mm-hmm. and important. You know, you have to, um, it's each one teach one, you know, that's the model. It's each one teach one, you know, so whatever information and experience that I've learned in the past, you know, I've always intake the, the positive, throw away the negative and build my kind of own philosophy. And then I pass on my philosophy to the next generation and the kids that I'm coaching and the young adults that I'm coaching so they can make an impact. And hopefully they can add their little tool to what they've learned and and, and create for the next generation. So, you know, the mentorship component Mm -hmm. is very, very strong. Right. And just a little bit earlier, you had touched on... um, the quality. And I, I think that whether it's the basketball court or a, an, an ice rink or a field, you can have kids that probably come from all different backgrounds and areas, but when they're on those playing surfaces, they're equals and they're working together. So that must be a really great, really, they must learn really great lessons in those circumstances. Absolutely. I mean, it's life lessons, you know, it's inclusion, yeah. you know, you don't, you know, when it comes to like um, a sport like basketball, you don't you don't need all you need is a basketball and a pair of sneakers to go out there. You know, yeah. it's a very cheap sport. You know, inclusion is is, is a very strong component. Building bridges, you know, um, from the the rich to the poor, um, from the black to the white, from the Asian to Islamic community to the Jewish community. You know, we're all one family in this world and, and mm-hmm. sports is bringing it all together, you know, all together. That's why, you know, I, I did a lot of traveling over my life, you know, and I always come back to Montreal. I just think Montreal is just such a great environment for inclusion of all different. This is the all different groups, you know. I mean, you walk down Notre Dame Street, you see black, you see white, you see Jewish, you see Spanish. And, you know, it's just it's just such a great feel feeling living here in Montreal. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a fantastic city. Yeah, we're lucky. We're lucky. Yeah, very lucky. Very lucky. There. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say are some of your greatest success stories that you've witnessed throughout the years? I'm sure you're proud of every child that's come through your organization. But what are some stories that really stand out in your mind that are um, true success stories? You know, we had a lot of success stories going on, but just like you, you just mentioned, um, you know, it's, it, it's basically building good human beings. You know, if you can um, develop good morals and values and, you know, you you impact these young kids' lives. But, you know, there's been a lot of professional athletes or professional players that came through the foundation, but... We have a lot of professionals, not only as athletes, but professionals in their career. You know, so what really stands out to me is uh, professional doctors, our lawyers, our accountants. You know, we have, um, like I mentioned, Jen Silver, you know, who um, um, was in our program for many, many years. She's a doctor right now. Chloe Gordon has been in our program. She's a doctor right now. 
Tamika Four, you know, was involved with the uh, the trauma unit in charge of the trauma unit at the at the Glen right now. So those three young ladies really, really stand out in my mind, you know, not only as athlete, but really as, mm-hmm. you know, um, great individual who's going to be touching people's lives, impacting people's lives. You know, I call doctors angel, angels all the time because they make the pain go away. You know, I remember one time I was lying on the hospital bed and I was in so much pain. And Dr. Lacroix walked by and I grabbed his hand and said, Doc, help me, help me, help me. You know, within, you know, he took me away, put me to sleep, surgery happened. Within, wake up the next morning, the pain was gone. So, you know, doctors are angels to me. They make the pain go away. Yeah. What, was that an injury you had from basketball? Yeah, yeah, it was an injury I had from basketball. A lot of pain. Was it a knee? Huh? <laughs> was it a knee? Oh, no, no. It was, (laughs) I had many knee injuries, many knee injuries, many elbow injuries, but this injury was crazy. You know, I hope I can mention it. Yeah, definitely. Tell us about it. It, I was playing basketball and the doctor says a lot of athletes have it, but you know, it's not, it's not out there that often. My testicle twisted around. No. And the blood wasn't circulating properly. Oh, my gosh. my stomach was just (laughs) in so much pain. And I was just, you know, I just had to get to the hospital. Oh, my gosh. This I'm, I I don't mean to be laughing. It sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. <laughs> and I'm laugh now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it doesn't sound like the most typical basketball injury. But oh my god, I'm thinking oh. knee, ankle. Even when you said elbow, I said, oh, I didn't even realize about <laughs> elbows being a common one. No man, but that was that was a lot of pain. I wow. had surgery right away, right <laughs> away. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So, so I definitely, that doctor for you is memorable. I can see it now. 100%. (laughs) Shifting gears a bit. And I know we still, we're still talking about COVID, even though we're kind of on the outs, kind of on the outskirts of it, but how did you have to adapt the you know, all of your programs, because I'm sure during that time, you even had an increase in, you know, people that you needed to service for what everyone was going through. So were you still able to offer programs and service the youth during that time? How did you have to change things around? Well, I think it was 50-50. We didn't change at all. We just continued with our program, you know, at the year of COVID and stuff like that, our basketball camp was still operating. We um, followed all the necessary um, safety guide that you know that was recommended. Um, we had a safe COVID-free basketball camp, you know. So we never stopped beat. We just continue going. We just continue going. You know, all our programs were there. We yeah. provide um, service on the phone if anybody needed to call in to um, discuss, you know, and have a talk with us. That was available. And but what mm-hmm. we learned a lot about COVID is like, you know, like what we're doing right now, you know, we can reach uh, a larger o- audience, you know, with our after school programs. So right now with tutorial after school program, you know, we're reaching hundreds and hundreds of kids, you know, with their, you know, helping them with their math, with their science and stuff like that. 
So instead of gathering like a, a school, we just zoom in, you know, with our links and provide our links and, and the kids are zooming in. So instead of impacting 10 kids, we're impacting 200 kids. This, this Zoom program has really, really helped us a lot. But so, you know, that's why I'm saying wow. 50-50, you know, um, we continue right. our program, but, you know, we've learned a lot from COVID. And so how do you view the future of the foundation? How do you, how do you view things going? And is this something that you would ever consider expanding into other cities or other parts of the world? Well, I, I see the foundation continuing to doing great work. Uh, I see us expanding, you know, expanding, you know, into um, different provinces, different different country, maybe in the U.S. also. Mm-hmm. But I think the work that we do is very central, you know, to the development of um, kids today. You know, because what we're it's not basketball we're teaching. It's not it's not math we're teaching. You, you know, we're using all those things, but we're actually teaching survival. Mm-hmm survival skills, you know, and, and I think that's very central, very, very important to right. continue. So our mentorship program is, is, is also strong and, and there's going to be somebody else that's going to be taking my place and mm-hmm. hopefully develop the next generation. So I see our foundation continue down the road and continue to do great things. And what would you say are some of the most important, whether they're, you know, personal or professional lessons that you've learned throughout your life or your time with the foundation that you could share with us? Maybe one personal, one professional, or a couple if you have. Well, on the, on the personal level, I try to teach um, the kids that I'm coaching, you know, um, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Sometimes you just got to pull up your socks, pull up your pants and get the job done. You know, it's not always mm. um, running to the other side because it's, it seems better. Hard work and determination is the key. And, you know, if you live by that type of um, model, that good things are going to happen to you in life. You know, so those are the personal message that I try to give out on um more on the foundational mm-hmm. level, I, uh, I see I, we really value partnership. Partnership, you know, I think um, partnership and inclu- inclusion of, um, you know, uh, and learning about inclusion and the partnership because we have developed uh, with the YMCA and who's ever that can provide those type of professional resources to these kids. You know, I'm not a social worker. Right. So I provide bring in social workers to talk to these mm-hmm. kids or direct these kids to social workers or something like that. Or if they need legal advice, I'm not a lawyer, direct them to, you know, so I, I think mm-hmm. the partnership is really, really um, developed a lot with the foundation. And I you know hope to develop it even more. But I think the partnership component is really, really big for us. For sure. And I know you you did a little bit earlier on touch on your mantra, each one teach one. So how did that come to be your mantra? Was was it something in your own upbringing or in your in your own journey? One hundred percent. 
I've been doing this for 30 years, you know, not, you know, not 10, not 15, doing this for 30 years. And I've learned a lot. I've learned from a lot of people and I've taken a lot of positive lessons from a lot of people and incorporate in the, um, my style of thinking. So that's where it came about. So, you know, I was like, oh, I learned that from him. So that's each one teach one. So it's time for me to give the same information, the positive information that I learned from other mentors to the present mentor, you know, mm-hmm. people, the kids that I'm mentoring right now. And they're, they're going to develop their own type of philosophy, you know, right. and hopefully um, we can keep building and impacting this province of Quebec. I'm sure you had many people influence you in your life. Is there one person in particular that stands out that you think about most often? No, I, I, I can't really. Um, so many different, so many different. I have teachers. Yeah. I have community leaders, pastors. You know, I mean, I just think um, you need. You know, they say they need a village to um, raise a child, and I strongly believe that. You know, I mean, like you really need everybody. And learn from everybody, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, to get by in life. Life is not easy sometimes. It becomes <laughs> difficult, you know. So if you can get proper guidance and proper direction from anybody, anybody, you take it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. You said it earlier, building good human beings. It takes a village and all kinds of different people. Absolutely. Well, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you. I want to thank you so much again for being here with us. Is there anything you'd like to um, leave our listeners with before we let you go onto your daily life? No, just thanks for having me. Let's continue building strong, strong human being. Like what LCC is doing. I think they have the, 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 the perfect landscape of how they're doing it. You know, I walk into that school every morning, drop my daughter off, and I can feel the energy. I can feel the the staff. So mm. go LCC, continue a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Trevor. It's been Thank a pleasure. You. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to We Are LCC. For more, go to lcc.ca slash podcast. And remember to hit subscribe or follow on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.